Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Gay Men Going Deeper. This is a podcast series where we talk about personal development, mental health, and sexuality. Your hosts today are Matt, Callan, and myself, Michael. Collectively, we have over 40 years of experience experience in personal development. And if this is your very first time listening to us, we want to welcome you to the show. We each have our own coaching practice, but in this podcast, we're giving away all of our best stuff for free. So thank you to, or thank you for all of you guys for joining us here today. On this episode, we are talking about forgiveness. So this is a very fitting conversation to have after our last episode about victimhood. Today, we'll be answering questions such as, do you find it harder to forgive or to apologize? Can you truly forgive and forget? How can you tell an apology if an apology is sincere? And then at the very end, we'll be giving you guys some advice if you find it, uh, if you have a hard time with forgiveness, we got some tips for you. All right, for the audience out there, we wanna hear from you as well. We do continue these conversations on the last Thursday of the month. So that will be Thursday, February 24th. We'll be hosting a Zoom hangout. This is where we give you guys a chance to share your own thoughts on the topics we discuss here on the podcast. So if you're interested in joining us, please go to the Gay Men's Brotherhood Facebook group and check out the events tab and make sure you RSVP. There are two different time zones you can check out. Uh, Come to one or come to both. I also want to take a moment here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. This podcast and YouTube channel are supported uh, by listeners and viewers like you. So if you guys are enjoying these episodes and want to help us to continue making them and building this beautiful community, please head to our Patreon page and uh, you can support the show there. The link is in the show notes. Finally, the Gay Men Going Deeper membership is open. So if you want more group Zooms, if you want more time with uh, us and other like-minded men, and you want to take your personal development to the next level, please join us in the membership. We have a library of over 30 coaching videos. We're currently doing a six-week course called Healing Your Shame, uh, and we have opportunities to connect with us and other members all the time. So please head over to gaymengoingdeeper.com to register. And as we do, Before we jump in, I want to read a review from one of our YouTube viewers. His name is Gabe, and he actually left us this comment on our very last episode on victimhood. So Gabe says, such a deep topic presented in such a meaningful way. Thank you so much, guys, for your work, for taking the time to help people who need it with all of these issues. So thank you, Gabe, for your kind words. We Mm -hmm. hope that you enjoy this one just as much. Okay, without further ado, let's jump into today's topic. So we're talking about forgiveness today. I want to give a little recap uh, from what we talked about last episode on uh, victimhood. So last week, we talked about being victimized as a community. We also talked about being victimized at the individual level, uh, the impact of that on our lives, the impact of that on our relationships. And then we gave some awesome tips on how to move through it. So there's a connection between victimhood and forgiveness, because if we think about that interaction, a victim needs a villain and or an offender if you prefer to use the word offender and sometimes you might be the victim sometimes you may be the villain and that's perfectly fine but either way there is this relationship there's this relationship between both of them that is based on some kind of offense or some kind of wrongdoing forgiveness is about healing the pain that comes with that experience and i want to make it clear forgiveness is something that the victim does not the villain or the offender, they could ask for forgiveness, but oftentimes they don't. Oftentimes you might not even hear from them again. 
So forgiveness is something that the victim can do. And that's why it's such an important part of healing. So I want you guys to think of forgiveness as a, a necessary part of healing, of the healing process. And in the Gaiman's Brotherhood Facebook group, we've been talking about healing all month. So this fits into there as well. When you truly forgive someone, you're really taking your power back from being victimized. So when you're in a victim state, you've, you've been disempowered. Forgiveness takes your power back. It helps release that anger, any pain, resentment, whatever negative feelings you might be holding on to. Helps you find peace. And ultimately, that's what liberates you from the experience. There's a little twist I want to add to this for, for you guys listening to this episode today. I want you to also think about how this can apply to yourself. So as you listen today, most people are likely going to think of other people in their lives, maybe past, maybe present. But I want you to think about how you might be the person who you need, like, you need to forgive yourself for something you've done to someone else or even something you've done to yourself. Sometimes in our own stories, we are both the victim and the villain. And so think of it that way as well. Okay, let's get to our first question. So when it comes to forgiveness, there are two sides. Someone might ask for forgiveness, but again, they don't always do that. And then there's forgiving someone. And both are hard for different reasons. Uh, and I wanna quickly add that apologizing doesn't always come with a request for forgiveness. It's about owning your mistake, but not always do people ask for forgiveness. It's, it's, they, can be, they can be the same, but not always. So just keep that in mind. Um, asking for forgiveness is really asking someone to absolve you of, of what you've done. I know I have my own challenges with both of these, uh, which we'll get to a bit later, but I actually want to hear from you guys first. And today, I think the order I want to do is we'll start with Matt. Um, now, for this one, guys, if you, if you have a hard time with both of them, feel free to share what you find hard about each of them. So first question, do you find it harder to forgive or to apologize and why? Mm. Let me see. I'm going to say, okay. I think it, it depends. It totally depends on my mood. <laughs> um, if I'm in a good mood, I can forgive. And then I notice what I, what my pattern has been in the past is when I'm in a good mood, I forgive and I kind of move into the relationship. And then when I'm in a bad mood, I'm like not over it, right? And that, I think that's what I said last time. That's the difference between thinking forgiveness and feeling forgiveness. Mm -hmm. The felt sense of forgiveness is like, okay, I've moved on, right? The thinking forgiveness is what I'm in a good mood, I'll forgive you, but when I'm not, I'm gonna hold you, I'm gonna punish you still. <laughs> so I think I kind of dance between those two. Um, but I think this is really a play on empathy and humility, really, like forgiveness, um, to forgive somebody for me, it's to connect into my empathy and to look at them through the lens of they were doing the best that they could. Um, they were, they're hurting, so they hurt me. I, I, I am able to use my deep uh, amount of empathy to forgive. Um, and then when it comes to apologizing, for me, that's an act of humility. So I would say, Again, they, they're, they can both be challenging for their different reasons, but I'm gonna say for this one, I'll probably say humility right now is a bit more challenging for me to apologize. Um, because for, for me, it's like, I, I've always had this ability to be able to kind of see, um, see people's pain for one and see their inner child. So someone could be like so angry and yelling at me and I can literally 
stop in the moment and enter consciousness and see that they're hurting. I can see their, their inner child. So for me, forgiveness is a little bit easier. Um, and almost to the point where I think I've let people off the hook for things that maybe I should have held them accountable for, especially in my earlier years. I think now I'm more boundaried and I, I will hold people accountable, but, um, and then to apologize for me, yeah, just, it's, it's, it's the ego, my ego perceives that as defeat, right? Like that I have to admit that I'm wrong. And I think for my ego, it doesn't like that. He doesn't like that. It's, um, so yeah, definitely apologizing is probably more challenging for me. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Callan? This is an interesting one because I got some stuff to say about both of them. Mm -hmm. um, I do have to say for me, apologizing when I know and I can see that I'm clearly wrong or I said something clearly wrong or I said something that's out of alignment for myself, I know I'm in the wrong. And for me to apologize about that is actually quite easy because I can recognize that within myself and I can own up to that. And I also do my best to apologize without asking for forgiveness because to me that's not a true apology for me a true apology is me offering my apology without expectation this is just me apologizing here it is I'm presenting it to you take it however you need it or want it and like let that be that quite often they will reciprocate and be like I accept your apology or we'll dive into deeper conversation and like it'll be that door opener um but I never go into it being like okay I'm gonna apologize just so I can get your forgiveness because that's like a manipulation of an apology that's not a true apology mm -hmm. um and I can re usually recognize that when I'm like shit I need to like I need to own up to this and I'm pretty good at it sometimes not so good when it comes to like family members or those people who really know how to push your buttons like just right like it can be really hard um but I am I've gotten maybe I don't know it developed as I was younger and I just like realized that if I apologize to people things just like went away easier and like I didn't like it didn't keep like festering away so I was just like it was easy for me to apologize because I was like I guess in a way to make it go away back then, but now I recognize it for something different, but it kind of built that in me of like, just apologize, it's so easy to do. And when you genuinely mean it, it shifts things. Um, so that's on apologizing. Forgiveness for me is a <laughs> very different thing. I don't say, I wouldn't say I hold grudges because I don't, like there's people who, like maybe I've had falling outs with or whatever. And then I see them like on Facebook or I see them around and they still are holding on to something. I'm like, I don't even remember what we're fighting about. Like, I'm like, I can really let things go. Um, but depending on how deep the wounding was or what actually happened, I can forgive for my own sake, for my own sake of letting go of the stuff I need to let go of and to, to move through the energy and process it. But just because I forgive you does not mean I grant you access. So it's like forgiveness given, access denied. So my forgiveness doesn't come along with continued friendship and it doesn't come along with continued engagement and it doesn't necessarily come along with all of these things. I can forgive you for the acts that you did and I can say, hey, look, stuff happens, but 
that doesn't mean I want to continue having you in my circle or having you in my space or having, you know, continued engagement with you. Um, not always, of course, there's like stupid things that happen that you're like, yeah, no problem. Or like, yeah, I forgive you or like whatever, but like on those kind of deeper things. And this kind of goes towards family. Um, and I'm navigating this right now, like just with my family stuff, because it's my grandma's 90th birthday coming up. Uh, and I don't speak with my dad or his partner. And like my brother's trying to organize everybody getting together on like some sort of like a, a zoom or a Facebook. And so like everybody can talk and like say, cause we can't all go to the U S to go see my grandma and it's her 90th. Um, and so I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Like I'm in. And then it's like, but just as a reminder, like I don't talk to dad, I'm not going to like, I'm not willing to speak to dad or Karen. And he's like, well, can't you just kind of like, like get over it for like a minute or can't you just like, and I was like, you telling me to get over it is like you telling me that like I don't deserve to be upset for the trauma that this person caused me for like a decade of my life like you're basically like taking what happened to me and just being like oh but it's not that big of a deal and I get it to you it's not because you had a different experience but to me it's like here's your perpetrator just you know act nice to them for like five minutes it's not a big deal it, it really is because that's going to bring up that trigger again. And so like, I've forgiven my father for a lot of the shit that he's done and I've forgiven a lot of my past, but that doesn't mean I'm going to access, like give you access and grant you access to me and who I am as a person, because I forgave so that I could move on. I didn't forgive so that you could still continue being part of my life. Um, so I know that it kind of gets messy and it's not so cut and dry, but I definitely say I probably have an easier time apologizing and recognizing that than I do with like forgiveness in the sense of still letting people come back around. Cause I'll forgive you a ton of times if they're frivolous things, but if you really do something that's like unacceptable, non-negotiable in my world, doors cut off. Sorry, I can forgive you, but access is no longer granted. So what about you, Michael? Yeah, that's a solid distinction. There's, it's a good point that there's lots of different uh, measures or are on the scale of offenses. There's lots of different things that we can forgive each other or forgive people for or choose not to. Um, okay, for me, I had to think about this one. So I'll, I'll answer both. It's hard to ask for forgiveness because ego pride gets in the way. I don't want to admit that I was wrong. It triggers my shame response um for you know a lot of the times I don't feel I need to I don't like I, I sincerely don't feel like there's anything to apologize for <laughs> I spent a lot of what I was more of that people pleaser energy uh back when I was a kid even in my 20s I felt I over apologized so now <laughs> I'm I've almost swung in the opposite direction and I feel like there's so many things that I don't need to apologize for um, I, I feel I have a very strong identity and I know who I am and then I know, know I have an understanding of what's mine and what's yours. And so often I think people uh, get triggered or offended, in my opinion, a little bit too easily. And I don't want to own that. So I'm like, I'm not going to apologize for that. Now, when I have done something wrong, yes, I will apologize. It does take a lot out of me. So it's still harder because it forces me to face the part of myself that did not show up 100% the way that I would want to. Uh, so that's on the asking for forgiveness. It is still hard to forgive, although it's, it's, it is easier for me to forgive, again, because I have that strong sense of 
boundaries and identities. I don't get offended very easily. There's not many things that need to happen where people have asked my forgiveness. And if so, I mean, I can't think of a time where it's been very difficult. Like it takes time. Of course it takes time, but I can get there. The reason why it would be hard is I don't want to be seen as a doormat again. Like I don't want to get back into that energy of like people just walking all over me and doing what they want to me because I lived that way for a very long time and I think one of you guys had said that that term letting them off the hook and I want to make it very clear that like I, I could apologize or I could forgive you but like you guys said it's not the same as letting you off the hook for what you've done and so making that very clear as part of the, the process um, and then on some level I think you know a retribution feels good being being in that victim role sometimes feels good let's just say it a lot of people like being in that victim role it gives them sympathy gives them attention it's a lot easier it's a hell of a lot, of, a lot easier to blame other people in the world around you than it is to you know uh, forgive so again there's a balance there. i think we can we can be in that role but then eventually we start indulging in it and i think there's a lot of people out there who do indulge in that victim role a bit too much mm -hmm. so i don't apologize for that mm -hmm. um at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's, it's harder for me to ask for forgiveness. And what I did, because I had a hard time answering this question, I actually asked my partner, Star, and I asked him and I wrote down what he said. He said, you do a great job. I asked him, you know, uh, how do I do with uh, apologizing and asking forgiveness? He said, you do a great job when you know you made a mistake, dot, dot, dot. But <laughs> it's the knowing you made a mistake that maybe needs a bit of work. <laughs> So that's from his point of view. And I would, I would agree with him. Like I agree when I do, when I, when I can see my wrong, I'm very sincere about it. I own it for sure. I think the question for me is when do I, do I, or am I always seeing my wrong or am I always agreeing that I'm in the wrong? Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at on that one. Um, when it comes to forgiving someone, there's the, the forgiving and forgetting which I want to talk about next. So Callan, you talked a little bit about that already. Um, you know, there's that saying that I was brought up with, which is, you know, you have to forgive and forget. That's sort of like what we do. But I, I personally have a very hard time with that. I don't think it's that easy and it's, it's easier said than done to forgive and forget. But uh, I want to hear from you guys as well. So we'll go with the same order. I'll start with Matt. Can you truly forgive and forget? Why or why not? I think you're a fool if you're forgetting. <laughs> you got to keep that. You got to keep awareness of, of the way that people have shown up, right? I think it's just releasing the energy around it, but still keeping, you can still keep the, um, the awareness that some, that somebody did something. So um, yeah, I almost, I don't even know if that's possible. Do you really think it's possible to forget you know, like it's, it's in your memory bank. And it's like, if when you're interacting with that person, I think there's always going to be something in the background being like, okay, this person violated my trust or, or they betrayed me at some point. And um, the forgiveness is I'm going to, I'm going to stop being punitive towards them because of it. I'm going to release the, the resentment. Um, so I would say that for me, there's a big distinction between forgiving and forgetting. And I think forgiving, I'm doing it for me. Right, like Helen said, like I'm. This is, a forgiveness is a play for me, um, and apologizing is a play for them. Act of humility and an act of um, dignity for myself. That yeah, I'm gonna let this go so I can stop stewing in it and I can move on with my life. And um, yeah, I just I think it's so interesting this this whole notion because I think forgiveness um, 
and ego are just so interconnected. Like everything, everything that's coming through right now is around ego and how um, the ego perceives it one way. And then our higher self perceives it completely different. Right. And I think for me, that's the me that's like, I would never forget. That's probably more my ego too, being like, no, 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 we got to keep ourselves safe. Right. Um, Whereas my higher self knows if I forgive, I set myself free and it's no longer about the other person really like they'll benefit from that but it's more so um me doing that like it's an act of dignity for myself like letting um hmm seeing if there's anything else coming through no i feel complete yeah what about you Callan? This one's an interesting one for me. Cause like I said, there's like, I can forgive you, but there's not always gonna be that access granted again. And I think I can forgive and forget, but I think it, I think there's a scale on which things happen. Like if it's something that's not a deep wounding or something that's not triggering to you or something that it was just like, you know, something happens off the cuff and it's person's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And it's like, okay, yeah, no problem. Like somebody spills a drink on you or stupid things like that. Like, yes, you're going to forget all those little things. But if it's deep wounding things or somebody who means something to you, like somebody who's closer to you in your life and who means something to you, the closer they are in your radius, the deeper that those wounds might hit. And so the more you're going to remember those kinds of things. And I think that there's another part of this as well is that if something happens and it's triggering and wounding and then you're close people and then you decide to split and like, that's it. Like it was, it was too big, it was, you know, and you move on. That's the last point of reference. And so that wound that forgetting is not going to happen because you're going to remember that's the last thing. That's your last memory of that person. And so that kind of like holds that memory of it. Whereas if you were to continue the friendship and go, okay, I'm going to forgive you, give you another chance, we're going to continue building, and you develop another 5, 10, 15 years of friendship, yeah, that might be a memory that you have, but you could also build so many more good memories together that that kind of does wash away and it eventually becomes something so small because you've built up so many good things in between it that you, maybe you remember it, but maybe you do forget it. Like my best friend... And maybe we've done things, but there's never been something I think I ever needed to really forgive her for. And if there was, it's like, we've built so many amazing memories together that it's like, it's not even something that's in my head, you know? But I, I have had other friends where we were deep friends and then, you know, we, you know, something happened and it was like, this is unforgivable. Like, this is a personally unforgivable thing that you're doing to me and I, I can't continue the friendship anymore. And so it's split. And it's like kind of kept in contact, but it's like, that's the last point of reference in my mind. And it's just like, I've forgiven you for it, but I can no longer continue being a friend with you because I know that you have that capability of doing that in you. And for me, I can't put myself in that position to get hurt like that again and again and again, because I've seen your behavior and it's not changed. Um, so I think that those kinds of things play into it is like the distance that you can get from it, whether it's continued 
to be with that person or whether you're separating from that person, that point of reference. I think that that's really important in regards to like, can you truly forgive and forget and why not? Like, I think it really depends on the situation and if you've continued a friendship or if you continued being together or if you've decided to split ways. Um, so for me, there's lots of things that I forget because people <laughs> have given me a dirty look and I'm like, aren't we friends? And then like, deep in the recesses, I'm like, oh yeah, they got really bitchy about that one thing and I just didn't care. And then I remember, I'm like, okay, well, they must be somebody who holds on to that, whereas I don't. So I've forgotten. But there's other big things, of course, that have happened that I'm like, mm, yeah, no, I'm never going to forget that. Although I, I have a friend who had a friend who I was best friends with high school for like over a decade. And then I like out of nowhere was like, oh, we're not friends. And like, it was just like, cause I had lived in her parents' basement and like, I was paying rent. I was doing everything. Like everything was fine. And just one day it was just like, I don't even remember what the trigger point was. All I remember is that I needed to move out. We were no longer friends. And I was just like, and maybe that's because there was no reference point for me. Like I wasn't given a reason. It was just like, this is the way it is. And it was kind of like the rug was pulled out from underneath me, but like, I've forgotten that. Cause I'm like, well, I honestly don't even remember what it is. All I know is that we're no longer friends and they're not a great person but that obviously happened for a reason for me so that's kind of my like navigating the the why and why not um but I'm wondering what you're thinking there Michael yeah I agree with I agree with both you guys there's there's no well not that there's no it the, can, can we really forget like I, I it's not about holding a grudge I think like I will remember something, but I won't necessarily hold on to the pain from that. But I don't, I don't think I want to forget because like there's, there's value in remembering, oh, hey, you know, there's this event, even though it was painful, that happened to me. I want to remember what I learned from it. I want to remember perhaps that was, perhaps I needed to set a clearer boundary. Um, perhaps I was over trusting, who knows, but I don't know if I really want to forget anyway. So that, that saying forgive and forget never really sat well with me. So I'm happy to hear you guys, you guys feel the same way. Um, the the pain of a a gross misconduct like some someone who who was in your circle uh who like let's say a partner or a parent that can take a very long time i think to to even forgive and and i would even offer sometimes you don't want to forgive there are for some people offenses for which it are unforgivable and you know that might be years and a lot of therapy before you even get to the point if you get to that point so I think it really does depend on, on that level of closeness. Like there's a lot of nuance to this conversation. I think you, you brought up a good point there. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to forget anyway, even for myself. When it comes to a partner, like a relationship, it is important to remember that forgiveness, this is something that I had such a hard time with until I kind of wrap my mind around it. Forgiveness is not letting them off the hook. So I said before that I didn't want to forgive someone because in my mind it was equivalent to letting them off the hook so that they could walk all over me but that is not the same thing so what i've learned is that you could forgive someone as part of the goodbye process like as in like saying goodbye to the relationship or saying goodbye to the friendship like i forgive you and i let you go and i also let go of the pain that you've caused me and that that is that is very hard to do sometimes but it is a beautiful act of healing um, so yeah, my take is that you can forgive, of course. I think it's very important to relationships that we that we know how to forgive. But the forgetting is not about like eliminating it from your memory. It's about letting go of the pain of, of the of the offense, if that makes any sense. 
the analogy that we use is, is the pain of like an actual physical pain. So if you slice your hand open, right, with like a knife or something, that is going to be painful. You're going to want to heal that wound. So you bandage it up, you tend to it, you do all the things. But depending on how deep that wound is on your hand, you might not be able to use your hand for a while. You might just not want anything to touch it for a while. So think of the same thing as like an emotional, wound. like let's say your, your heart broke, your heart is broken. And that's, that's the equivalency I'm looking at here. You know, you might find it hard to trust or to love again. It might take a long time for that to heal. The forgiving part is letting it take that time. But I don't think you want to forget that you sliced your hand open with a knife. I think you want to, the forgetting is like, you don't necessarily need to open the bandage and like poke your finger in the scar or like, pick at the scab that to me is is what the forgetting is so when i say forget it's like don't keep going back and reliving the pain unless it's as a means of healing like you don't want to relive it just for the sake of indulging in it or reliving it you want to tend to it like a wound but not constantly be going in and making it worse so that's you know i like to draw the analogy between emotional and physical because they are very much the same yeah. I really yeah. like that. I just yeah. want to say I really like that analogy because it was like I was imagining this like slice and then the more you pick at it, the more it's going to turn into a scar that's going to be, you know, nastier to look at and it's going to be yeah. more of a reminder. But the more that you just kind of let it do its thing and like let it breathe and let it heal, it's still going to be there. It's still going to be a scar, but it's not going to be as deeper as like, remember, like you're not going to remind it. Yeah, that's a, that's, yeah. Good, that's a good one. I think we do that with our hearts, right? People who get heartbroken. Like, I think you need to give your time for the heartbreak to, to heal. Like people just want to jump back out there and be like, no, it doesn't matter. I'm over it. And I'm going to get on and, you know, go be with somebody else and I'll, you know, and that energy. I'm like, no, 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 let it hurt. <laughs> like, let it mm -hmm. heal. It's going to take time. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's pivot it now and look at the other side of it. So let's say you're the one who's wronged someone and we've all done it. And I would say in my experience, I usually do this to the people that I love the most unfortunately that's 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 my experience is i hurt the people i love the most and it sucks so it's very important for those relationships that you know how to uh, ask for forgiveness and that you you can apologize as well it heals your own guilt at least for me and it helps uh hopefully you know take ownership of what you've done and, and repair the relationship if that's what both people want to do but apologizing does not come naturally for a lot of people i'm going to say especially men um and for the longest time i don't know if, if my best friends listen to this uh but my apology we would always make fun of me because my apology sounded like this i'm sorry you feel that way <laughs> <laughs> and that was the only time you'd hear the words i'm sorry come out of my mouth because oh i'm sorry you feel that way <laughs> talk about a slap in the face <laughs> Yeah, but I, I've since grown, okay? That's why I'm able to laugh about it now. I've since grown, and luckily we're still friends. Uh, he has patience. So let's now talk about forgiveness from the, within the container of, of an apology. So the question is, how can you tell if an apology is sincere? And FYI, everyone, that is not a sincere apology by any means. <laughs> so yeah, the question is, how can you tell if an apology is sincere? And we'll do the same order. So we'll start with you, Matt. Hmm. So we're talking about an apology coming at us. Yes. Somebody apologizing to us. Yeah. yeah. Um, or either way, actually, like if, if you're apologizing to someone, how do you make sure it's, it's sincere? Not just, I'm sorry, you feel that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know for me, when I'm in ego, I'll always have a, 
but there'll always be a, but like, I'm yeah. sorry and whatever that, but I wanted to, I want to let you know that you did this. And it's like, you're, it's, you know, an apologies has to have a period. There's no buts. Um, that would be the first thing. Um, as far as sincerity, like I'm an empath, I can feel sincerity, like, like very easily. So if somebody's sincere, I'll just feel it. I'll feel it in my body. It'll just be a resonance with what they're feeling. Um, so, but not everybody is an empath. So I would say one of the, one of the things I would be mindful of is like eye contact, like the sincerity in somebody's eyes, you know, and like how they're looking at you and how the, um, how they're choosing to engage, um, body language is a big thing. Like an open body language is probably going to be more like humility, sincerity, you know, authenticity. Whereas if you're closed off, it might be like you're holding something back. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, and then the, the, the biggest one obviously is that their actions have changed, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to be able to look and see that, oh, okay, they've apologized and now they're showing up differently. Now they're speaking to me differently, right? If there's no actions following up an apology, it's meaningless. So the sincerity comes from the, uh, the change in behavior or attitude, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Callan? Oh, I fully agree. Um, for me, a change in behavior is my true apology because yeah. I, I believe words and I'll accept them and I'll take them in and I'll thank them. But my true sense is I'm going to be watching for your actions now, because yeah. if you say words with followed with no actions to me, you were just saying them to, to stop whatever is going on and to not actually follow through with, with what was, you know, being said. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, a true apology, like you said, Matt, there is no buts, there is no becauses, there is no explanations, there is just an apology with a period, and that's what it is. And it's for, an apology is not for yourself. If you're, if you're doing the apologizing, an apology is not for you to ease you. An apology is to ease the other person or to give grace to that other person and say, I did a wrong, this is me apologizing and you give that to them and they get to do whatever the fuck they want with it. And you have no control and you don't deserve anything from it. They don't need to say anything to you. They don't need to accept your apology. None of that. And a true apology is just saying here, I'm giving this to you. Like you said, Matt, without ego, this is it. I'm owning up to that. Um, and when I apologize, I know that there needs to be eye contact and it needs to be true just what I did or what the situation was and I apologize for that truthfully and honestly and that's it and there's no run on there's no whatever and then I let them talk about whatever they want and it doesn't divulge into explaining later on it's just this is what it is um there's actually a really amazing podcast that I looked up when you guys were talking is um because Brene Brown did a podcast all about like how to apologize and why it matters with yeah, Dr. Yeah. Harriet Lerner. There's a part one and a part two. So if, if the listeners are out there and they're really curious about this, like how to truly apologize, it's, it's, it's so great. Um, go look that up, Renee Brown um, and Dr. Harriet Lerner. I'm sorry, how to apologize and why it matters. And there's two parts to that. But like that really opened my eyes in that world of like, how to do it, how to do it correctly, what is it, and, and how you can tell it's sincere. And for me, that's how I usually can tell if somebody's sincere is, 
you know, eye contact looking at me. They're not following it up with a butt. There's no on the edge of their seat to explain. They're just like, hey, I fucked up. I'm sorry. This is all I can offer you. And then also when I do apologize and I'm honest and I am sincere, if that person still is chasing me or still brings it up or still tries to drive that nail in, that's when I start to get pissed off. And I go, look, I honestly apologize to you. I was truthful. Actions changed. I said everything that needed to be said. And if you're still holding on to that and you're still like twisting that into me, then that's your shit. And that's when I found friendships have gone apart is because it's like, you're now holding this thing above me or you're now making me try to feel guilty about this thing. When I've done my part that I needed to, you now need to go and do your part with it because you clearly didn't hear what I had to say or you didn't accept what I had to say truthfully and honestly and fully. And I can't do anything about that because there's two parts to this. It takes that other person to also recognize that and see it and to process it and to do their own work with accepting the apology. It's not just oh, they apologize because this happens a lot, especially in like marriages or like deep friendships and things where it's just like, it's all apologies until that one thing comes up and then they drive that nail in again. It's like, are you ever going to let that go? And it's like, if you want to continue your relationship, yeah, you're going to have to learn how to do the fucking work around it and to not let it go, but to truly and deeply recognize that there was a true apology or talk about the fact that there wasn't a true apology and, and do the work around it. And, and I think that takes both people in, in the situation, whatever side you're on. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my two cents about sincere apologies. What about yeah, you, Michael? That's, yeah, I think it, it does take time. And I like, I like how we're in this podcast talking about like who, who's responsible for what piece. I think that's really important. I think a lot of people don't really understand, you know, who the apology is for, who the forgiveness is for. Forgiveness is, again, for yourself if you're the one forgiving because it ultimately helps you heal your own emotional wounds. Apologies are a little bit different, but I think these are all really solid examples. Um, For me, this is, I could tell if someone is apologizing to me, I would say similar to Matt, I I just kind of feel it. I just kind of trust my, my intuition on whether it's true. Of course, I think, the most important thing is, is actions do need to change. Like if it's, if I'm, if someone's apologizing for the same thing over and over and over again, then we've got a bigger problem at hand. And I think those kinds of apologies are just meant to like gloss over like, hey, yeah, sorry about that. Like that kind of energy, which not cool. Like, it, especially if it's from a, a friend, a loved one relationship, that kind of thing. Um, I would say a good apology to me when I, when someone has apologized to me, it just feels good. Like it just feels it feels like healing. I don't know how to describe that. It just feels, it feels like, okay, we're getting somewhere, we're moving, we're repairing. Like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it in words right now, but it just, I can tell it just feels good. Like I feel closer to them almost, even though we might be on opposite sides, I feel slightly ever, ever closer during that apology. Mm. When it comes to apologizing, as I said, my apologies were very poor in the past now, same thing. When I apologize, let's say to my partner, it feels good. And that's how I know that it's coming from a place of true, genuine remorse or regret on my part, because I feel like I want to be closer. And part of that repair is me owning what I said or what I did to him. So these days when I apologize, I know, I know I'm being sincere when it feels good to me. It's almost like a relief to me to, to own it and kind of helps me with my absolved me of my own 
guilt if I did something truly wrong. Um, it's not it's not always quick and dry. It's not always easy. It does take time, and that's that's something I do want to like reiterate over and over again. Is these things take time. They take time. Mm -hmm. So a, a serious offense from someone you trust. No, no, no. Because then we're talking about trust. Then we're talking about repairing trust, and that is not. You don't just take a pill to suddenly trust somebody again. Um, you know, parents, lovers, friends. The, these things take time. So. That's where I'm at with sincere apologies. I do trust my instinct quite a bit, my, or my intuition rather, and I know when it feels good to me. Yeah. Okay, guys, uh, before we wrap up today, let's leave our audience with some helpful tips. So what advice do you have for anyone out there who has a hard time with anything that we talked about today? Forgiveness, uh, apologizing, all of it. So go ahead, Matt. I got a lot to say on this one. Um, okay. <laughs> I've learned a lot <laughs> on my journey. And um, I just want to say for people who are listening to this, for sure, go back and listen to the, the last episode on, on victimhood, because that's going to give you a lot of stuff on how to move through this. And I would say that's the first tip for me is you got to go through the victimhood. And the victimhood is, is essentially a grief period, right? So you need to grieve and heal. So then you you have the, the space inside you to offer forgiveness and to let go of the thing you're holding on to. And I think, you know, oftentimes we hold on to the hurt as a currency, we're getting something from it. And what that is, is we're getting a need met, right? And we need to find a new way to get the need met. And I think um, the best way in my experience is through communication is the best way to get our needs met to just practice authentic relating, move into the relationship and say, this is what I'm feeling. This is what hurt me. Be vulnerable, right? Lead with empathy. These are things that I think they just, they're natural instruments that we can use to move towards forgiveness and softening. Um, and I think that's why I keep my relationships in my life like good. And I like open lines of communication. I practice authentic relating because if there's ever a betrayal, I want to have a solid foundation to be able to move into the relationship and work on it. But if you don't have a foundation with somebody, it's like good luck moving towards forgiveness because you need to be in connection. Um, another thing would probably be um, like offering people grace. Okay, we all have shadow, <laughs> even though some of ours are buried so deeply inside our psyches, we all have shadow. And it takes certain things that can just trigger somebody into their shadow energy and they could betray you, they could hurt you, they could say mean things. We all have this as part of our makeup. And I think when we're denying our own shadow and somebody you know, brings their shadow onto us, that's when it becomes even more hurtful because we're denying ourselves the very, the very energy that they're acting towards us in. So again, like doing shadow work, making peace with the part of you that can betray people. And that's going to also give you empathy and understanding that, you know, people hurt people, not just hurt people, hurt people, people hurt people, because I can't really control what's going to hurt somebody, right? I think, so I could do something, I could just be living my life normally, and I could have forgot to say, maybe respond to a text message to somebody, and they could be super hurt by that, but I didn't know. Right. So I just think that we, we can't really control people's hurt. I think we that's why we need to communicate to each other that that we are hurt in the first place. Because sometimes people don't even know that they're that they've hurt us. Um, and then I would say, again, <laughs> you know, the dualism of this experience being a Gemini. Right. 
ego and higher self. That's how I experience this world. I, I have both and we need to honor both because the ego is going to be fussy. It's not going to want to um, practice this. It's not going to want to let go of its currency. It's going to want to hold on to it because it can maybe get something. It can manipulate the situation down the road. So we got to be mindful of that. We got to honor it. We have to say, okay, what does the ego want right now? Why is the ego, ego so angry? And we need to connect with that energy. And then we also have to have the, the consciousness to enter higher self and be mindful that our higher self wants love. It just wants connection. It wants to be seen. It wants to be heard. And, and we got to honor that part of ourselves too. And I just think both of those are, they need to be um, equally, equally met. Um, and the last thing I'll say is um, you don't need the other person's consent for forgiveness because it's it's a play for you right this is an act of of you know letting letting go of the things inside of you emptying your your closet so to speak so you know like you can do for you i've forgiven people and i've done a lot of work in my especially past relationships where i didn't need them i didn't need them i maybe wrote them a letter and didn't send it so again like you don't need to move into the relationship to to have forgiveness it can happen on its own and that you know proof of that is when people pass away right like you and i actually something really interesting you know doing this work and i i do work with grief so i do work with with people that are moving through victimhood and forgiveness and um an interesting phenomenon that I've kind of noticed, not for everybody, but for a majority of the people I work with, when somebody passes, it's almost like an energetic, instantaneous forgiveness that, that occurs for people. Um, and it's just amazing. So some people have told me that they were, you know, molested by their father or something, or like, you know, like really traumatic things. And then when he was on his deathbed, and he passed away, it was like something just washed over them. And it was like all the all the stuff just got lifted out energetically. And I just think, you know, there's, it's, it's a really cool phenomenon. Um, not saying that's gonna happen to everybody, but I've heard it pretty consistently over the years. So um, yeah, those are my tips. <laughs> what about you, Callan? Mm, those are good ones. Thanks for, thanks for mm -hmm. that, Matt. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I think one of the first things I go to is if I'm having a hard time forgiving, I think, what am I gaining from holding on to this? If I'm, if I'm in that anger, if I'm stewing, if I'm doing that, A, I know I need to process. I like, I know I need to feel it to heal it. So I know that that is a part of it. Um, but when it keeps lingering and it continues and it's something that just can't, like it just can't go, I'm like, okay, well, what is holding on to this actually achieving for me? What is this doing for me? What is this positively doing for me? What is this negatively doing for me? Um, so then that really helps me kind of look at it a little bit more objectively and go, this is really hurting me more than it's helping me. I think it's time to move into like an, a forgiveness space uh, for me. And then I can't remember, I think it's like some old Buddhist monk saying or something like that, but like holding on to anger, the quote is like holding on to anger is like holding on to like a burning ember with the intention of throwing it at the person that hurts you. You're the only one really getting hurt buy it you're the only one you're you're burning um and so it's like when you're really in that deep anger state or you're really like can't forgive somebody it's like you're holding on to the anger the only person that's truly hurting is you because that kind of anger and that stuff manifests in physical ways and psychological ways and you know disease type in your body type ways um and they've done studies about it like anxiety and stress and all that it does physiological things to your body. So if you're holding on to deep angers, then 
you know, what is it really doing for you? Um, it's like stuff with my dad and his partner, like I've forgiven them. So it's not sitting in my body anymore, but for a long time, the anger and aggression was just sitting in there and it was so tight and it was so angry. And like, if I were to face them, yeah, it might flare up, but if I don't have to face them or look at them, like I've done the work to kind of stay away. And that's why I said at the beginning to, you know, when I was talking about my brother being like, yes, like I can live my life happy now. That doesn't mean I'm going to grant them access to bring that all back into my face again, because I've done all this work and I don't really want to relive that trauma again. I don't want that to like all come back to the surface because that's just, you know, I know I'm going to have to do work around it again to be like, well, they were there and this was awful. Like, you know, um, so just don't try not to hold on to anything without looking at it and analyzing why is this here? What is it doing for me? Because if you're just letting it sit there for the sake of holding a grudge, like who's that really serving in the long run? The other person doesn't give a flying fuck. They're not even in your life anymore. They're out living their best life, doing whatever. And if you're letting that hold, like hold you, that's blocking you from living your best life. You know, do what you need to do, do the work so that you can throw that shit out into the universe and go, okay, it's not mine anymore. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Um, so that's what I would say about if you're having a hard time around forgiveness, um, see why it's there and like what it's doing for you. And then also, if you are having a hard time, seek out somebody who can help you. Therapy, man. That's why it's there. I just did an episode before this was called therapy, it had lots of good stuff in there. It had lots of links for affordable places or that go on sliding scales, because sometimes there's things you can't see for yourself that a third party outsider can look at objectively and kind of present to you in a different way that you can go, huh, I didn't really realize that that was there. Um, and it's okay to need that help on the journey. That's, we all need help on the journey connecting and community we heal so much faster through connection and through community and you guys have been a big teaching part of that for me so so yeah that's what i'll say about that and what about you michael final thoughts you guys covered everything that's it mm -hmm. i mean uh yeah those were very it's very well said i, I agree with everything you guys said no yeah <laughs> all of it i don't know if i have anything else to, to really add i think for me you know, at, at the beginning, I said it was about liberate, liberating yourself from the experience. And that's how I really see forgiveness. So, you know, if I could put one sentence together for this episode, it's forgive, forgiving others is really something for you. That's, that's the most important piece that for me transformed the way I looked at this entire topic. Cause I used to be like, oh, I don't want to admit I'm wrong. Now I'm like, oh, wait a minute. No, no, this is like the boundaries and the way that we look at it can really affect how you approach it. Now, like I said, I love to both the the aspect of apologizing and asking for forgiveness and now it's so much more easy for me to forgive but um yeah you know you get to decide what you do with the pain with the hurt we're, we're we all get victimized at some point and at the end of the day someone takes that power away but then you get to decide what to do with the experience and i think that forgiveness doesn't have to happen the day after or the week after or the month after or the year after it it mm -hmm. take as long as it takes mm -hmm. and yes get help with it as well if it is taking maybe more time than you want it to but at the end of the day we all get to decide what to do with that pain what to do with that experience for for the rest of our lives you know we can make it not mean anything at all we can say okay that was a turning point i'm no longer gonna let that happen to me like we can do so many empowering beautiful things with 
that pain that, with a situation that might be very traumatic or, or challenging for us. So um, that's, that's sort of, I guess, what, what I would add. And, and again, I want to reiterate what Callan said, it's very important. Resentment does not serve you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does not do anything negative to the other person. I, I have come across a lot of people who have resentment with respect to ex-partners mm-hmm. and it prevents them from enjoying a romantic partnership in the present moment because they're reliving so much of this pain that their ex has caused them. Mm-hmm. And I think I see that happen too often. And, and it makes me, it makes me sad because there here is this beautiful, warm hearted person who's just hurt. And, you know, I help them let go of that, but that's how I see it the most in, in my own coaching is people holding on to like heartbreak. And so I think forgiveness is a huge part of starting a new relationship and, and, and letting someone in that forgiveness is part of the equation. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, any last words before we wrap up? Um, I just want to say, you know, because the, the point you made about heartbreak, I think it's so important. I think um, unhealed grief, which I think, I think that this is what we're talking about, unhealed grief, um, leads to heart closure. And this is, I have personal experience with this, and I also see this a lot in my work. Um, and heart closure, it's basically the, the defense mechanisms that we build around ourselves, uh, which is resentment, anger, blaming all the things we prevent ourselves from um, opening our hearts, right? And I do think that the point you make about like this whole rebound, like guys like not healing, and then just hopping into a relationship right away, well, you got unprocessed grief. It doesn't matter how good or bad the breakup was, there's still going to be grief of loss. And when we don't move through that, it's an element of forgiveness. But what I think it leads to, I think it leads to an inability to trust going forward, because if we're not, if we're leading with this unhealed grief, it's going to be constantly hypervigilance, looking around how other people are going to hurt us in the future. And I think when we do forgive and heal our grief, we we turn that, that hypervigilance into trust, and then we can enter another relationship and we can not be kind of vibrating in the energy of what was and we can be more in what is in the present moment and i think um that's been a huge lesson for me and i think uh giving myself the appropriate time you know like i've had to take sometimes a couple years i was with a guy for eight years and it took me like a good two years to be feeling like okay again you know what i mean like the first six months was horrible, so much grief. And, but I allowed myself to go through it. And I just, you know, I feel for those people that just hop into relationship after relationship after relationship. And they're literally just this storage bank for all this, this unprocessed grief and and hurt. So yeah, we need to do this work guys. It's really important. Hmm. I think we might need a whole podcast on heartbreak is what I'm, uh, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I could get into that. Yeah. I can too. That's I think we all got, we all got some experience with heartbreak. Yeah. yeah Cause we, we don't, we don't, you know, th- what happens then if, if, if we don't forgive or we don't kind of move through it is we bring that into the next relationship and guess what mm-hmm. people, your next boyfriend is not going to heal you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not their job. Exactly. And that's going to be really shitty from their point of view. If, you know, energetically, you're looking for them for healing. You can heal yourself. That's how that works. Exactly. Yeah, you and your therapist or whoever you yes. ask to help you on that journey, but don't make it your partner's job. Amen, sis. Yeah, they can be an aspect, but not yes. the whole job. Yeah. And then what happens, of course, is 
if we do bring that in, then that we're just going to end up reliving that same or, or elements of that same relationship through the new partner. And then guess what? Be like, I always end up attracting the same people. <laughs> yeah exactly. i wonder why <laughs> okay we have to do an episode on this for sure okay sounds good <laughs> okay guys uh so we'll wrap up here uh on the episode of forgiveness so thank you viewers and listeners for tuning in today if you like what you heard please give us a five-star review on uh, the podcast whatever podcast provider you're listening to if you're watching us on youtube please go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already and click on the little bell to get notified each time we release a new episode um, if you want to become a patron of the show please go to our show notes and you can support us that way and of course, on February the 24th, please join us in the Gay Men's Brotherhood private Facebook community. And we'll be talking about healing on our next Zoom hangout. So thank you again to the lovely Matt and the lovely Callan for sharing with us your wisdom. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.